You're listening to the Spirit Hunters, a member of the new HyperX Podcast Network. Find out about our podcast brethren and how to join our new Discord group and support the show at patreon.com slash spirithunterpod. Season 3, Episode 8 of The Spirit Hunters. This is Sarah. Patrick. Hannah. And Joe. And last time, we took a break from Hunter Hunter to wrap up 2021 with a retrospective of our year and our lives. Now that it's 2022, join us as we continue to follow the struggle between Hunter and and ant for survival or dominance in the chimera ant arc you better get ready yeah i'm gonna be honest i don't think we have lives for the last three three years about give or take or last two years or so we have lives that are just very different by different do you mean depressing well in my case at least i don't know i i've like really enjoyed my life but i i think so as much as i'm like a very extroverted person i also really like hanging out with people online so part of me like misses early pandemic where people were not like going out as much and were willing to just all hang out online together. Like even people who are normally not online hangout people. That um, makes and sense. I, we, basically, as much as I dislike Animal Crossing, we need a new Animal Crossing is what I'm saying. I mean, Animal Crossing <laughs> hasn't gone anywhere. You could yeah. still play it, Joe. Yeah. I, I actually, <laughs> well, yeah, true. but get everyone together is the, the thing. We could play, we could play Among Us, even though nobody plays it anymore. I feel like we need a an Among Us that leads less to um, memes that could go into less like interpersonal attacks because I feel like some people get very invested oh. into it <laughs> and are like, oh, you betrayer, everything you do in Among Us <laughs> reflects your real life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we really just all need to start playing Secret Hitler more. I'd be down. Where everyone will just start calling each other a Nazi, and it's even worse. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, we could also play VR chat, except minus the 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 uh, ERP stuff. Uh, ERP? Exotic, exotic role play. Oh. Er- erotic role play. <laughs> I was not. Oh, boy. I was not. Uh, yeah. We... Sorry. Erotic role play. Oh, I thought it was going to be like a language protection thing or something, but yeah, I guess not. <laughs> Anyways. No. You innocent lamb. <laughs> yeah. There actually is a uh, there actually is a sign language for VR chat that exists. So do they have like hand tracking that does this or is yeah. or how is this done? Basically, they're, they, they use the controllers, they use hand motions with the fingers and like like different motions. It's, a, it's like an abbreviated ASL, but it's for people that are mute. Oh, that's pretty cool, actually. Um, Do they have, like, a way of turning those... Because I know there are video recognition of sign language that can, like, render it as speech. Do they have that, too, or is that... No, it's it's all you have to learn know it. But there's a whole there's a whole world in that where there's a museum where you can actually learn it, and, and it has the history of sign language, and I think it's okay, super interesting. Okay, that's really cool. And, like, so, so for some background, I actually worked on a MMO, a VR MMO that was a competitor for VR chat in the early days that later failed. Um, and fuck, I wish we had had that. And that sounds like something we would have done because we had all sorts of like learning exhibitions about like random topics, but like we hadn't gotten anywhere near that far. That's really cool, actually. 
Yeah, I put it in the uh, in our on our chat, but it's really fascinating. If you guys want to look up, uh, it's called "The Hidden World of Sign Language in VR" by Akina, I believe is is her name is the person content creator's name. It's an older video. It's it came out about February of two, 2020, but the world is still still there. Last time I checked, and it's very interesting learning. Like it's like you're visiting a museum in the VR. It's fascinating. It's one of my favorite things about that game. So nice. If okay. you guys are if you guys are mute or use ASL, I definitely recommend checking that out. It's, or if you're just interested in it. That but too, anyways, that um, back to so back to the want. topic at hand. Uh, so today we're talking about episode 85, Light and Darkness, aka Hikari to Kage. Interesting story. Uh, this this title would actually translate more to light and shadow rather than light and darkness. Like light and darkness would be uh, Hikari to Yami. Um, but like I, I'm wondering if just because like shadow maybe isn't used with the same connotations in English. But uh, it was originally released in Japan on June 23rd, 2013. And the equivalent manga chapters are 198 and 199, which were released in Japan on October 20th, 2003. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Jack Skellington. Somebody, yeah, somebody's birthday. I don't know whose, but somebody's. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. 820, oh no, 1020. Blaze spoke it. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, spooky it. Spook yeah, spook it. Spook it. Okay. Oh, well, uh, to say the least, this is a doozy of an episode <laughs> so it's gonna start off with neferpito or neferpito i always forget um do you guys know neferpito or neferpito I, I just call him pito for short i'm, or, I'm or gonna PD, look this up PD i'm gonna baby. look up the kana for this because like this is gonna bother me especially because i later found out that it's based on something from french and so i'm like oh, i don't know enough about french phonology but i'm gonna look this up right now but you go ahead okay would, I'll it be, say... would it be weird if i if i call if i called them p uh a PD PD daddy? Sure. Peach I mean, yes, daddy. sure. It is weird. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, but no one's so, stopping you. Yeah. So basically, that's fair, that's fair. um, they call all the Khmer Ant squadron leaders and the captains to assemble. Uh, Piggy tells them that there's a brief moment of suffering that will lead to all your dreams of power coming true. True. Um, I did say this should be the new quote for 2022. Uh, I don't know if it's applicable so far. I'll leave it up to y'all. So, um, Ramit is looking pretty excited. He's like cracking his knuckles and grinning like a punch happy maniac. Um, so then we cut to Kite. He's using N to track Hagia, Flutter, and Hina. He guesses that they're hiding back at the nest. Kilo was um, really impressed with Kite's N and how long um, Kite is like maintaining it. He um, thinks that Kite's probably stronger than most Nen Masters. Likely the only pro hunter they met other than Bisky, Tezgara, and Wing, who they all met in different circumstances, non-life-threatening circumstances at that. Real um, quick, mm -hmm. I looked it up. The Kana is Pito. Um, but I will get back to you with further hey if there's a weirder pronunciation based on the original French it's based on. Okay, so, so I just realized something funny. Yeah. So does that mean that 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 pito's toe beans are called pito beans? I don't know what you're doing here, what? but okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know the cats uh, have the toe beans. I get oh, it. Oh, pito beans. Okay. Pito's okay. a cat, and pinto beans yeah. are 
beans. Oh, okay. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? Cat hands <laughs> I'm not, are I'm not being you weird like with that. You don't like cat toes are beans. I see what you mean. That's I see it. <laughs> Making biscuits out of a certain Making character. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm incredibly confused because I just looked it up. So Pito is based on a character from a French children's book who is a cat, but apparently Pito in like Quebecois French means dog. No. Oh. It's like cat. Wait, oh no. One five day and a wolf in a prayer. Yes, no. okay, we're good. <laughs> okay, um, so Golden Kilua realized that all the people they've met have helped them become stronger. Jing definitely made Greed Island to train Gon and lead him to Kite. So Kite does keep it real with them and says that he can't train them. And if their resolve isn't strong enough, the ants are going to eat them. He basically summarizes the arc right here. A hunt involves hunter and prey. It is a battle of resolve. Emerging victorious from a battle of resolve is what makes a successful hunt. The loser must follow the winner's laws and customs. And for the loser, that often means death. So basically, wow. yeah. Um, 2022. Just kidding. Um, those wow. <laughs> Like, I honestly, pay attention to this quote, because I really think it is one of the broad themes of this arc, and I don't think it's remarked upon enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah, those who call themselves hunters must get their prey. Um, so, and then you cut to a flashback of Kite lecturing Baby Gon for being in a fox bear's territory, and that whole scene of, you know, um, Kite having to kill the mom. So, yeah. And then... Um, Kite gives Gon a double star hunter license. That was Jing's. Jing what gave him the license, telling Kite to return it once he found him. Obviously, that did not happen because he forgot about it. So he then trusts Gon to give it back to his dad once he finds him. Um, yeah. Then we go back to the nest and Ramit's living his best life punching squadron leaders after squadron leaders and awakening their men pito i think that's where i'll go with i, I just looked up the french too so it is clearly based on a french thing but the french thing is pronounced pitou, pitou. even though in the kana it is pito and to make things more confusing as i mentioned with the naming thing it is effectively a cat named dog <laughs> i'm trying my best joe you are not making it easy for me to not I make think this I'll joke just go with pito Pito, whatever, because it's a little easier. Okay, so Pito ears peak perk up when they sense something. They leave Peggy in charge and disappear, saying that they only want to find out how strong they are. Hmm. And then Kite quickly notices a dark aura approaching. Pito suddenly gets massive leg gains and jumps towards our heroes. Dang. Yeah, and like Pito didn't skip leg day for sure. Nope. <laughs> um Kite jumps out to cover the boys and tells them to get the fuck out. Um the next thing you see is Kite's right arm flying through the air. <laughs> yeah. I really just want to create <laughs> oh, a very yeah. short clip that's just like Kite just like sensing it and being like, oh pork chop sandwiches, get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Lol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
So yeah, cue to the beginning of Gon's emotional trauma. He takes one look at Kite's arms on the ground and starts releasing his nun in a frenzy. He has to get knocked out by Kiloa. Kite's like, good job, Kiloa. Now take Gon and get the fuck out. (laughs) Give him the stick. Don't give him the stick. (laughs) Kite uses his crazy slots nun ability, rolling a three, and gets ready to fight. Um, so while running through the forest in Kiringon, Kilwa realizes just how fucking worthless they were to help Kite. Kilwa crosses the NGL border stop and he uses his phone to contact Kite's colleagues. They reassure them that they're coming to get them with reinforcements. And Netero and two pro hunters, Morel and Nov. Um, Morel can't believe that the Gonakilo are kids and tells him to get home. Uh, Netero. Get out of here. Yeah, go away, kids. Zoomers, I don't know. <laughs> and then Netero's like, how strong the. Uh, Netero asks how strong the enemies are. Um. Kila says that one of them could use Nen and that it felt worse than both Hisoka's and Illumi's, like, Nen. So, you know, that's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, The two pro hunters are like, eh, MVD. They're pretty dismissive of this. Morel explains how you can't judge a fight by who has the stronger Nen because you are unaware of the other's abilities. Always fight like you're going to win. Calls Kilua a loser. It's a little uncalled for, but yeah, um, rude. it's so hard. Why does it have to be so unkind? Yeah. Um, Netero has two assassins in the nearby city. If Gon and Kilua want to continue fighting, they must defeat these assassins. Netero makes it clear that he only requires the strong to fight. Um, there's a language note if you want to elaborate on this one, Joe. Oh, yeah. Uh, So basically, they kept on saying assassins, but they weren't saying a word I recognized. So I listened to it repeatedly just to find out what they were saying, because I was expecting a word resembling like ansatsu, which means to like to assassinate or uh, or hitokiri, meaning like man killer. But it turned out they were using another word, which is uh, shikaku, literally meaning thorn guest from a middle Chinese word, tsiekek. Uh, but it seemingly is less common than the terms that you, I just talked about, which is ansatsusha, which means assassin, or hitokiri, which means manslayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, ansatsusha, uh, a variant of that is used for the style of martial arts that uh, Ryu and Ken did, um, while hitokiri is what, uh, you know, Kenshin in Rurouni Kenshin is called, like manslayer. Oh. So interesting trivia about uh, shik- about uh, Shikaku. Um Shikaku is also the name of Shikamaru and Naruto's dad. Uh, and this is because he is an assassin. But also there's a pun here because a Shikaku is also a type of box logic game. And Shika means deer. And their last name is Nara, which is a deer park in Japan. Shikakan. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So there's there's a lot going on there. That's neat. <laughs> um, that's, that's good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. I like it. Yeah. Um, so at the village center... Kilua checks out the notice board and finds a message. Gon and Kilua, will you fight or not? Um, call out culture, baby. Call out culture. Um, <laughs> in the hotel room, Kilua reflects on what Morel said. Gon wakes up and thanks Kilua for stopping him. 
Gon's convinced that Kite's still alive and that you need they need to just get stronger and save him. And then there's a beautiful picture. You are light with Gon's precious face looking determined to save his mentor. And um, they should remove the L and be like, you are Ait. You are Ait. <laughs> yeah, either, that, either that or someone's finally deduced who Kira is. <laughs> oh god <laughs> you are Actually, light you are honestly, light. <laughs> honestly i want i want to do a photoshop of that and, and photoshop uh photoshop uh l's face or l's face onto uh gone oh or please do this. gone <laughs> don't forget the chips <laughs> oh please oh, yeah, do but, that oh, chips yeah please do that yeah so basically going to kiwa they decide to reply yes to the message uh and then it cuts to colt Colt tells the nest that they need a freezing chamber that can start up to a hundred humans. That's a lot of people. <laughs> Imagine ordering that. It's, it's like, hello, welcome to, to freezer expert. How may I help you? Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a, uh, a freezer that can use your papers ruffling store yeah. a thousand humans? It's like, uh, excuse <laughs> me, sir. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking for an oven. Like it's a, a, a freezer that can store a thousand humans. Uh, 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 okay, sir. You mean like a meat locker? Yeah, a meat locker. Uh, you mean for animals? No, for humans. Uh, there needs to be some sense of quality control, okay? I cut a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if you were saying that you were like a transplant center, I guess you could get, get away with it. The problem is I don't think any transplant center has that capacity. No. Imagine imagine wearing it that way, like on a phone call. Yeah, can do you ever free you just stores like a thousand humans? It's like, excuse me, sir? I mean, you, like, you mean it's, like it's metaphorical, okay? Don't try to get it twisted. <laughs> like, Sir, this but... is a Wendy's. We don't have that. <laughs> yeah. Sir, this yeah. is Chick-fil-A. We don't serve that here. Um, yeah. Um, Pito explains that it's to ensure that their collection will not rot. They're like, hmm, I think I am pretty strong. With Kite severed head in their lap. Oh, boy. Uh, oh my god, who wrote this? It's <laughs> um, Patrick. Who else would write this? Okay, go ahead, Patrick. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, I guess I guess through all this trouble and turmoil, I guess you could say at this point that uh, Gon lost his kite. So yeah. I want to point out, Patrick said this exact phrase like <laughs> a trillion episodes ago because we were trying to like say it without spoiling what happened. <laughs> yeah. So sadly, Gon lost his kite. R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. Kaito, kid, one four one two. Oh, seeing which, let's go to the manga. All right, so uh, Gon had Ging. This one I I just thought of. I didn't think of until Joe put in the notes. Gon had Ging's license way earlier in the manga because he was given it to it by the butler, right? Uh, the the what the, the the one of the examinees, right? Uh, no. So basically, Kite dropped it a million years ago, and like. Gon just knew it was a hunter's license, but he didn't know whose it was until Satotes like ran the numbers and realized, "Hey, dude, this is Jinx." Satotes, my goats. Yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, Montoria and other members of Kite's team are shown bringing bringing the extermination squad. So I didn't, yeah, because it's different because in the mo and the thing, it looks like they just show up with the truck, but the other one, it's like they actually walk there. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, so I thought that was a. Uh, I thought it was kind of interesting, and yeah, that's also a note later on that we'll bring up. Um, Moral's design of the manga looks slightly different, and it seems really goofy-esque, like if you see below. So we'll, 
we'll get into why later. Um, I found out there is a reason why he originally looks like this. It is not like a canon thing. It's because he's based on a real dude who looked more like this, and then eventually he changed it to look different. Oh. Uh, he matches the other guy better in the manga since they're both in business You mean cash, he matches Nov better? I guess business formal. Yeah, because Nov, he wears like a business suit. He looks like almost like the stereotypical Magane guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With the in a business yeah. suit. <laughs> yeah. It, it's 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 like uh, when you show up to the job interview and these two are the interviewees or the guys interviewing you. <laughs> People should make a Morel and Nove interview you for a job. Uh, oh. ASMR. Uh, ASMR. I would yeah. Say, like Morel's like head of sales. <laughs> yeah. Canova <laughs> is the uh, the Sundare like accountant dude that's yeah. always angry, but actually is a really good party dude. Wow, these are amateur numbers. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then he sees the accounts, and then never mind. I'm I'm not gonna spoil that. But uh, but um, yeah. Also, there's there's this weird this weird game that they had online that I actually got really angry about. That uh, it was like this it was like this VR thing, this VR experience where you fire a guy and this old guy that you fire. It's like a game. It's like wow, that's kind of fucked up. Wait, was this was this that thing that that company made to teach HR people how to fire people? Yeah. Oh God, that's such that's so dark, and it's real. This isn't like a joke. This is real. Yeah, it's really sad because the guy looks all nice and humble. It's an old guy, and it's like them letting some old guy go. And one of my one of my family members actually recently lost their job, and it mm -hmm. actually got me really pissed off when I saw that. So yeah, uh, shouts out, anti shouts out to the company that did that. Uh, <laughs> anti you. yeah, fuck you. Uh, okay, so um, later go on to the notes. Sorry, that was a weird tangent. I just thought about that when I brought that up. Um, so. Later on, they actually spoil uh, the they actually spoil uh, Netero's Nen ability in the manga. Technically, they don't because this is a Hindu god whose name I need to look up. And what you're thinking of is a uh, Bodhisattva from Buddhism. They're related, but they're not the same figure. I gotcha. So what you're saying is I'm racist. Uh, no, actually. Also, another joking. thing that's interesting <laughs> is this god is supposed to have a thousand hands, while the thing you're thinking of has a different amount. I gotcha. I was curious because I thought, yeah, alright. So, uh, anyways, moving on from that. Uh, seeing as I'm soaking in the truck is in the anime, but it's not in the manga, so they kind of skip that, and they make it ambiguous on how they get back. Hopefully it wasn't walking, so. At least I hope it wasn't. And then, uh, and, and the manga, they make it, uh, a lot less uh a lot less subtle and that kite is actually dead dead so no head yeah so this is something that i think is interesting i've heard a lot of anime fans who are surprised to find out that kite was actually dead and i'm i'm saying this and it sounds like a spoiler but it's not in the manga it's incredibly clear that kite is for sure dead and that gone is delusional while in the anime it's like there's hope um and i think it's interesting how it deals with these because in the manga the primary tension is you know gone is going to be disappointed like you go into this arc knowing gone is going to be incredibly disappointed while in the anime it's like hey gone's right and like you are surprised along with gone while the manga is like no gone is delusional this entire arc to be fair uh characters in the show have, co have got come back from way worse so i i, I wait don't like them. what that guy that got his heart ripped out he came back to life afterwards right no <laughs> Uh, oh, he he didn't. I thought Killua like made him not die. Yeah, <laughs> the one he, back he in the hunter Sam arc. 
Yeah. He, yeah, Patrick's just fucking with us. Uh, but I was going to say, <laughs> yo, this is another edit we need to do. We need to have that scene where he rips out the heart and then just have someone like be like, wow, I'm no doctor, but that that doesn't even <laughs> seem possible like with yeah. blood and organs and he should probably see a doctor he should probably see a doctor I mean that's like really fucked up man <laughs> that was a Kung Pao reference for those that don't know of course we'd reference that we've been doing a lot of Kung Pao memes recently it's been funny yeah cause Kung Pao is having a meme renaissance and it's like the best thing to ever happen I still think my favorite one is that Calico Cat I posted <laughs> okay that one's pretty good um for it's basically funny. a calico cat that because of the background it's on looks like it has a big hole in it and so they just photoshop in like <laughs> steve Odekirk just guy. punching a hole through a dude god we need to watch that again even though we technically already watched it again on the podcast yeah we don't need to do it on the podcast we can do it in our own free time man <laughs> we'll do it on the podcast again second helping <laughs> we'll actually just watch the original movie honestly that'd be kind of fun it's it's not it's a lot better than you would guess, but yeah, I'll just leave it at that. All right, that's about it. So why don't we do the famous game? Rate those deaths. Okay, so just just to list the deaths, we just have kite, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but it's a big death. Pretty sure. Honestly, I'd have to give it like a seven out of ten, mostly because we don't get to see it. We don't get the seated death. All we see is like the arm going off, and then later on, we we don't see the awesome battle. It's like the uh, it's like that. Remember, uh, remember in C Lab where he goes out to fight the. Oh, uh, yeah. the guy? It's it's like it's like man, whoever whoever didn't see that should just kill themselves right now. It's like yeah. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. it's a lot more emphatic right now because there's explosions happening off screen, and Quinn just yeah. looks at the camera and says, "Whoever didn't see that might as well kill themselves right now." <laughs> Yeah, it's it kind of has that vibe. It's like it's, it has this awesome battle and all the damage and stuff, and it's like, oh yeah, here's just the head. It's like, come on, that would have been an awesome battle. I respect your opinion. I disagree, but I respect your opinion, and it is a, it is a coherent opinion. And like, so basically, if I had different tastes, I would definitely agree. Yeah, but I mean, it's still it's still a good, a really violent death. Like, like I think it's it'd be good. I just wanted to see the battle or the the intense part and how he died. Like. Did like he cut his head off like post battle? Did he cut it off during the battle? Like, did they mm-hmm. do some stuff beforehand? Like, I don't know. Like, did they make fun of each other? Did they like make cool quips? At, like, it's like we're missing the fun stuff about it, you know? I I mean, also he got a scythe, which makes me wonder if like the way that like he ends up getting his head cut off is like Pito uses like Pito deflects the scythe into his neck or some shit. Honestly, yeah, or like he takes the scythe away from him. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I mean, any oh, number of things no. could happen, but yeah. He's like, you don't need you don't need this other arm. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> what what the fuck was the name of the trident in uh, that episode of C-Lab? Oh, the, the trident of Nep- the Neptune's trident. Yeah, man, I can't believe they took Neptune's scythe from him. Yeah, he invoked dang. power. He invoked Crazy Slot's power. Yeah, he invoked, invoked the power. Did he? Uh, <laughs> did no. he just give himself? <laughs> <laughs> nope. I was really worried you were about to say, you know, five something, but anyways. No, I meant like Yeah, no, get, I get it, I get it, I get the, it. Anyways. The thing. Yeah. So what do you guys think? <laughs> oh, uh I definitely <laughs> thought it was definitely shock value. Um in yeah, I mean it's I don't know if I would have I, I feel okay that I didn't see his death because maybe that would have traumatized me more. But it it hurt like oh my god like, god damn it it's like when you see like his head in um Pito's lap you're like god damn it <laughs> you're just like 
<laughs> so. Yeah, it's like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, I read it like at least like an eight, maybe because we didn't see it. You're right. Like maybe that, but maybe that actually adds to it. You don't yeah. see it. I would write it a nine then. Um, cause it's very traumatic. It's like very traumatic for a nine, like, like for an unseen kill. And it's like the shot is very, ironically, very pretty. So it's like. Oh my god, it's so pretty, like shiny, shiny, boom, head, kite's head, boom, death, boom, sad. So yeah. um, I just want to tell you something that there's another scene involving a tree with Pito that happens that can be overlaid with this picture pretty directly. Ooh. Interesting. That's that's some uh, that's actually honestly now I think about it, that's actually some great foreshadowing if you mm-hmm. think about yes, it. Yes, so many people have ironic things happen. Yeah, honestly, Ooh. I want to ask you guys a question. How many of you guys were spoiled or at least saw this image out of context from something? Because this was actually spoiled for me. Like, this image is a pretty famous hunter image, and it was posted before, and yeah, I'm I've sorry. seen it. Uh, That's not your fault. It's it's on the it's on the other hunter groups I'm in. I don't know. Um, maybe. Like, either I was looking through, like, a, a, either Tumblr or Reddit, and I haven't across it. But this is the first time. But it was probably like a quick glance, and I had no context of what was happening. So, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Weirdly enough, this is the only hunter thing that was really spoiled for me. Is that is the is is kite dying? It's kind of interesting because the later on stuff actually was not spoiled of. But hmm. uh, but yeah, I don't know. Should we? Mm, I don't know. I don't think we should say that. Yeah, don't. Uh, I was going to say, so I'm going with 9 out of 10 on this, because for me, I think it being off screen is a purposeful choice, because neither Gon nor Killua know what happened. Um, we know like the that. result, but they don't either know what happened or the result. So that I think that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Killua, until Gon basically accidentally tricks him with his like true belief, like thinks that Kite is for sure dead. But after Gon says that, he's like, maybe. Honestly, I actually have a, a headcanon head thing. What if this actually didn't really happen, but this was what Kilua, Kilua or Gon imagined in the back of their head? Like, while they don't think, well, Gon has that that height. I think maybe in the inside he really knows that Kite is dead. Like, may, like maybe this didn't even happen because, I mean, later on there, there's some indications on what happened. I'm just saying. All I'm gonna say. I disagree. I think this definitely happened, and I think Gon truly believes that Kite is alive based on his reaction. That's fair. Yeah, that's just a, a headcan theory I might have. This maybe that this is something they imagined or like mm. Killua. It's like his worst case where it's like in the back of his mind. This is what he's seeing, like the him glowing with the head. To be fair, I think Killua's worst case would be way more gruesome. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I have to get into Killua's head, or you know what? Maybe it's probably be- the best. I'm not going into his head because yeah. Um, I'm gonna give this a nine out of ten as well. Uh, just as I said, yeah. And I, I, another reason is because like, I think this character is the most important character who has died to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, in the manga, much more than the anime, uh, Kite is a father figure to Gon, like who was there when Jing wasn't. And like, as I've mentioned before in the manga, he is mentioned in every saga, like not just Chimera Ant. He is mentioned in every saga and Gon keeps on saying like, I want to meet Kite again. Aww. Um, and so the fact that like he meets him and then this happens is like devastating. Thing. yeah it's mm-hmm. it, it's it's pretty it's pretty sad that you know it's like it's like it's they've just been been through a short time together you know it's it's really sad really and uh yeah i guess really 
Uh, does anyone have anything more to say about this? I have one more thing before we move on, if that's uh, cool. No, I I pretty much agree with Hannah and um, Joe. I would give this also a nine. I think an, as a narrative choice, um, I think not having the death, the actual death happen off screen is more impactful than showing it because I just feel like this episode as a whole isn't focused isn't an action focused episode it's more of a character episode because it goes into a lot of like Kilua's thinkings hits his thoughts and feelings about the whole situation and kind of like a reality check in terms of like how that's a good way of putting it where they are mm-hmm. in terms of power and how it relates to now like the new enemy that they're facing and to see as essentially how kite dies it's like it's a known that he's dead, but how he died is a mystery. And I think that unknown factor adds to like the overall fear that the Chimera ants represent being like this unknown entity that suddenly is like unleashing all this hell upon humanity. So I think that's like a I can see why it happened. I appreciate it in that respect. For sure. I'd also yeah, say like that another thing. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I think there might have been a delay. Oh, it's okay. That's, a, that's all I have to say. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to say uh, one last thought. Um, uh, I'd be very curious to do a research piece on like decapitation in Japanese culture with regards to like keeping the head because that is like an ancient thing. Like samurai did that to prove that they killed someone like basically photographs didn't exist. So you literally had to decapitate someone and present their head to the person who like you wanted the bounty from. Um, But also in anime specifically and manga, like having a decapitated foe and keeping them around and having like a sort of like quasi romantic attachment to them is like a trope. This happens in countless manga, including Mm, massive spoilers but it's a manga from the 70s uh devil man crybaby is the earliest uh, well devil man the original devil man is the earliest I one i can say think astro of. boy oh my god no i don't maybe that happens in astro boy but i don't know enough but yeah this <laughs> happens in the original devil man and it is referenced very clearly in jojo's bizarre adventure evangelion and a couple others so i guess you could say no head i mean yes constant no head no head no head sadly but yeah it's just very sad that you know gone really really won't be able to experience really and talk to kite anymore because he works so hard to get this close to be able to not only get to kite but to get to his father you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. yeah and you know what maybe maybe gone could really write a memoir about potentially kite and talk about him or maybe he can record a podcast and you know what would be a good good mic to use is the all new hyper x quadcast and Quadcast S microphones, Joe. Did you want to talk a little <laughs> bit about those and maybe the usefulness as a as is recording because uh, they've been really good. Damn, did you come what, in yeah. on a self balancing two wheeled vehicle? Like because that was a quite a segue. Um, but <laughs> the Spirit Hunters, uh, the Spirit Hunters are part of the HyperX Podcast Network. HyperX is our sponsor and the maker of the acclaimed Quadcast and Quadcast S microphone. Quadcast USB mics look and sound amazing, uh, mm-hmm. and so I've been told. And they're packed with features. With four selectable polar patterns, you'll get great sound no matter what you're recording. Honestly, I looked these up on Amazon, and I would be interested if I didn't already have like an ultra high-end mic. So, uh, you know, if any of our castmates, if anyone, you know, if any of our castmates ever need a new mic, maybe we'll go with that. We'll see what's yeah. up. 
and the thing about those kind of microphones that uh, is that really a lot of people have issues like like you know some people are like oh get an audio interface get a microphone sometimes it's good to just get a dynamic mic that's plug and play USB because I mean not a lot of people I mean I'm not like don't really need like a whole interface to record anymore like USB mics are fine most of our casts are using USB mics right now right Joe mm-hmm. yeah I'm using a USB mic it's one that Patrick actually suggested it's very good yeah and and the four selectable uh, polar patterns are really good because I like that because you can use it in really different ways. Like you can either like do a two way recording back and forth, change the the, the Ooh, pattern of true. it, like go for one direction. It's really useful. It's really useful. I had it on one of my other microphones, and I definitely think it's useful, especially for stuff of that nature, especially if it's like a a two person podcast. Because I think yeah. you used, I think you we had a. Did you use a blue microphone at one point, like the blue, or was that the Somebody else's, I, I, I had remember. a blue. I had a blue, but I had the not highest grade one, so it did not have multiple polar patterns. I got you. Yeah, so something like that would be very useful. So if you guys are interested in getting a new microphone, definitely recommend checking out the Quadcast and Quadcast S microphones. And I'd like to say a big thank you for HyperX for uh, supporting the, the podcast and the show because it's helping us really afford it, and and the sponsorship is really helping us and the entirety of our network out. Okay, I, I swear to God, this is going to sound like I'm making a joke, but I'm honestly thinking about getting one now that you mentioned the polar pattern thing, not to replace my microphone for the podcast, because I think this is good for this. But I'm thinking about making a podcast internal to my family that is private, that is about me interviewing all the oldest members of the family about like their recollections of like growing up in the Philippines. And like, honestly, having like a two way mic would be incredibly useful in that case. So that's something I'm interested in doing right now. Honestly, that's interesting. I was thinking of the same concept with my family and getting history because I talked to my grandfather a lot and he has some really good stories about growing up and, well, good, not so good stories of growing up and experiencing. Because, like, he had his earliest memories were the war ending, World War II ending, because he grew up, he was born in 1940. And, like, he remembered, like, specifically people cheering or. Was this or in Portugal laughing. or was this. Uh, he's, he's, uh, he's U.S. He was, oh, okay, uh, okay. Yeah, it was my, my, my grand, my, uh, yeah, the white side of the family, essentially. But yeah, he grew up in in the Bronx, and he had that whole. Experience. It was interesting, but I, I guess sort of going going back to, that, I think that'd be a great idea, Joe. And I'd love to hear it. I know, I don't know if you'd feel comfortable with me listening to stuff like that, but I would definitely be interested in listening to something like that. If and it'd be good if I remember, let you listen remember. to it, it would be with me there because, like, honestly, the I think I'd have a hard time getting my family to sign up for it if it was something that could be easily accessed outside of our family. I suppose so. Yeah, I don't know. I just think it's really interesting hearing people's histories, you know? know, For sure. I don't know. I could just sit there for hours and listen to people talk about that. And like I said, if you get something like the Quadcast House microphone or the Quadcast regular microphone, I think it'd be a good idea to do stuff like that and make podcasts. So thank you again, guys. And if you guys are interested in buying a mic like that, definitely check it out on the HyperX.com, I believe is the website. I honestly forget. You might want to check that right now in case... In case you accidentally send them to Hype Rex, you know, like, oh, Sorry. it's the Hype T Rex.com. T Rex, Hype T Rex. Uh, no, it's um, hyperxgaming.com. Uh, they have some great deals on there. Uh, let me see the, let's actually see the, I'm going to see their microphones right now. So, yeah, Quadcast and the Solocast. Uh, and there's the Quadcast and Quadcast S microphone. So, there's a lot of options uh, if you want to go down that route, but definitely highly recommend checking out the, the Quadcast, Quadcast S, because while we haven't tested them personally, I've heard a lot of people say really great things about them. And like, it's really high quality stuff. It's really good. And they, yeah, there's I, a chance they might um, let us get one at a discounted rate, in which case we could give you a, uh, you know, a more review personal review. 
But yeah, it's actually fairly priced too. It's one thirty nine for the regular and oh, which for a high end mic is very nice. Exactly, and and it, and it has its own shock absorber in there because a lot of mics don't do that. And yeah, I know, I know, like I know that it sounds like a an ad roll stuff, but it's actually us talking frankly because. Like it's really interesting. The, the part where I was sounding like I was reading ad read <laughs> was may or may not have been ad read, but yes, we've we've been frankly talking after. But yeah, no, I just think it's it's interesting. I think uh, I'd like to try it out and let you guys know the exact details on it. But definitely, if you need a microphone, definitely check that out. And man, this is probably the longest ad read ever. Yeah, <laughs> but it's interesting. I like it. It's it's interesting. So yeah. Um. But anyways, uh. You know, speaking of um, just general sponsorship and stuff uh and now a word from our compatriots and benefactors it's time to tap in with the hyperx quadcast s microphone the stunning hyperx quadcast s features dynamic customizable rgb lighting a convenient tap to mute sensor and four selectable polar patterns so we can broadcast crystal clear audio whether you're gaming streaming podcasting or impressing your remote colleagues and classmates so what are you waiting for join the quad squad and tap in today with the hyperx quadcast s microphone the hardcore gaming 101 podcast is on a mission to rank the top games of all time i like the idea that when bruce wayne gets angry he switches to the batman voice why do you have such a problem making boomerang shaped like a bat you mean like batman not like batman just make it for me bruce wayne i'm getting <laughs> even with this guy it's a herculean task and i'd be lying if i said it hasn't taken a toll on our cognitive faculties most people would be happy to have a job during a global pandemic <laughs> dennis Hardcore Gaming 101, twice a week, every week, right here on the HyperX Podcast Network. All right, so welcome back, guys. We're going to do episode 86, which is going to be what I'm going to be on this podcast if I mess up these notes. Uh, Proms and Reunion, or Chikai to Saikai. Hopefully I said that right. Originally released in Japan on June 30th, 2013. Good year. The equivalent manga chapters are 200, 201, and 202, which were released in Japan on November 1st. November 1st. Welcome November to 1st, November 1st. <laughs> November 1st, 2003. Uh, let's kick it off, Sarah. What do you got for us? All right. Um, so, it starts with, what word did the sub or the dub use for Natero's team? Um so yeah like what did you guys hear there what was that extermination team mean? or like what did they call i don't remember the team that he was bringing in to because i think so was extermination in the english dub or something else yeah i think it was extermination mm -hmm. squad or something yeah i didn't notice the name honestly i didn't really pay attention to what the name was i probably should have though but i did, didn't uh, can we just call them Ghostbusters for short? Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, the reason I ask is because there are multiple mm -hmm. English versions I've seen for this, including Extermination Core or Extermination Squad, Punitive Force, and uh, <laughs> I, I looked it up, and like apparently the literal translation of the Japanese phrase is actually Subjugation Force, which comes from like a Middle Chinese word meaning to subdue by sending armed forces. Interesting. I just thought that was like a very interesting discrepancy because I was like, there's no way Extermination Squad is accurate given their plan. Right. They it... send in the Ginyu Force to clean them up. 
Yeah, because extermination, it's it's versus subjugation. One is just acknowledging like these are animals to get rid of. The other one is like this is like a, a threat that needs to be that is acknowledged as powerful enough that we need to oppress it, you know? So it's interesting. Yeah, takes. I also think it. I also think it plays into the themes of this saga because like extermination is not what this saga is about. This saga is very much about subjugation. A lot of subjugation. Isn't that like a sentence thing? Or am I thinking of something else? You're thinking of sub uh you're sub- thinking of subjective. Um, yeah, there's two things you're thinking of. You're thinking of uh subjunctive, which is subjective junction, what's your function? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> and you're also thinking of subordinate, both of Fair which enough. are grammatical things. What about what about dom domjugation? Is that a thing? Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. Dom so, is actually uh, my favorite level of Gears of War two. Oh God. <laughs> R.I.P. Dom. Oh, is that a spoiler? I mean, yes, it's a spoiler, but who cares? The way he dies is the dumbest thing on the planet. Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> Gears of War three, great multiplayer, kind of bad story. Okay. But anyways, uh, sorry about that. Continue on. No, so the episode, uh, it starts with Kilowa. He has two shogi tokens. Um, so Netero, um, he hired the two assassins that Gon and Kilowa have to beat. And it, they need to take their shogi to pieces from. And in the English dub, they're referred to as, as, or as either shogi tiles or tokens. Uh, do you guys remember? Oh, oh, maybe it was the manga where, like, in the translation, they referred to them as tokens instead of shogi tiles, which I thought was real fucking weird. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think they called it, it that shogi. in the, the anime. I watched the dubbed and the sub, and I'm pretty sure they just said the the the, uh, the shogi stuff. Yeah, I think the Viz manga just, like, called them tokens without the word shogi, and I was just like, what? Weird flex. I don't, I don't think it's in the, uh, the, the, the other version I found online, the other translated version, legally, of course. I, I wait. Does that one just like straight up say shogi because like you know it's it's a fan translation where they would generally be like we'll make this as conservative of the Japanese as possible. I think it said shogi tokens. Yeah. So, yeah. so probably just the viz official. Yeah the the viz official. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. So they're at the station and a eccentric, um, to put mildly, and an eccentric young woman approaches them. Uh, she's very creepy, and so Gon and Kilo are immediately on the defensive. I don't blame them. Uh, she introduces herself as Palm and invites them to have tea outside, which they do surprisingly. <laughs> There's no stranger danger here. <laughs> That's a big no for me, dog. But to be fair, <laughs> look at all the sketchy people they've been hanging out with to begin with, so... That's true. Maybe yeah, it's not hunters a definitely attract a different breed. And so they wonder if she has her pilot's license. Would 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 either be pilot palm or palm pilot? Patrick, did you write this? Yes. <laughs> palm pilot. Anyway, um, palm. She tells them that she's no students, and gone. It asks Kilo who Nov is, um, and. He was like, he's probably one of the hunters that was accompanying Netero. Uh, Palm confirms and she just gives Nova a bunch of glowing praises. Um, with each praise, she puts a 
massive heap full of sugar into her tea. And <laughs> it's like a funny little gag because she is just piling on the sugar to the point that it's like literally overflowing the cup or the mug. And she goes on about love and how she might love no but he doesn't know her feelings but is it really love or is it respect um who knows the complicate the <laughs> who knows about the complications of emotions Jeez. as she drinks her diabetic level of sugars levels of tea it's, it's like you guys obviously don't know this but she's she's definitely from the south and she's just showing you how to make traditional sweet tea yeah. that's all and no, i was gonna, i was gonna say white girls in starbucks be like <laughs> and then kila is like all right <laughs> um we, he softs her and just asks like if she's the one that they're supposed to fight um she apologizes and says that she's not um that actually netro nove insisted that she shouldn't come um but Palm wants them to acknowledge her determination. Um, she goes on to like to kind of like more ra ramble about her feelings for Nov and Kilua is just ask her um, about Netero's condition. Um, she explains that they had to take down the two assassins whose names are Knuckle and Shoot. And she seems to really hate these guys uh, to the point that she releases a small amount of Hatsu and it causes her over her tea to overflow. Um, and then this makes Gon realize that Palm is also an enhancer like he is. I think this is very interesting to say the least because I think to my knowledge, she's the only major female enhancer we meet. And her characterization is so different from all the male enhancers we've met. A little bit. Like, there is a similarity with, like, drive and stuff. But, like, it is inflected by, like, maybe a not-so-great idea about femininity. And, like, it's really... I won't say it's, like, fully, like, problematic. But I will say it is interesting. So I, I think I see what you mean. So you, you could go over like the basic personality traits of an enhancer would have. Like single-mindedly devoted to something, which like, yes, you can also see that in what she's like, because she's like weirdly single-mindedly devoted to Nov. But like the yes. fact that it's instantly cast in a romantic context as opposed to like, you know, Uvogin and Gon just like being like, no, nah, I just want to fight you know, is very, it's very gendered in a way. Again, I don't mm -hmm. think it's necessarily like bad and anti-feminist. It's more just like weird and like kind of, you know, all things would be inflected by like cultural norms. So like clearly right. it's possible it could just end up like this, but it is still interesting to look at. Right. Now I totally get what you mean. It's definitely one of those things. It's like not only are enhancers stereotyped as single-mindedly determined, they're also expressively emotional and for like let's say the most of mm -hmm. the enhancers who are guys that we met explicitly emotional about their friends or about power and then for palm that we met her she's excessively emotional about her love and respect but also mostly love <laughs> and respect <laughs> and love just, who knows and and loves her sugar <laughs> apparently yeah <laughs> Well, I, I feel sugar. like basically she's failing the single person Bechdel test. 
But yeah, um, she kind of reminds me of Love, Love Deluxe almost, or is that just me that's getting those vibes? Oh no, she's definitely, I, I'm pretty sure she's like, kind of like, hey, what if you combined uh, Sadako, uh, whatever her last mm. name is from the ring, with uh, Yukako Yamagishi from JoJo? I was also thinking like a little bit of like Moaning Wordle from Harry Potter and <laughs> how Except she's dead. just kind of I, s- ghostly and creepy looking. So I can see that what I was talking about, like actual possible direct influences as opposed mm-hmm. to kind of being similar archetypes. Because uh, Togashi's talked about how one of his favorite movies is effectively the movie the person who made The Ring made right before they made The Ring. Oh. Which is also about sense. a ghostly woman. Fair. Also, I, I forgot to mention, speaking of Moaning and Myrtle, any of you guys ever go to the, the Universal Universal Harry Potter world? Or have been there? Uh, yeah. Uh, Butterbeer is the best thing about that place. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I think the creepiest thing is when I went, they had... Apparently, I know I get the thing Murray Myrtle haunts the girls' bathroom, whatever, but it also goes in the guys' bathroom. So when you're trying to, you know, do your business, you just hear like this voice going constantly, and I honestly felt incredibly uncomfortable going to the bathroom there. <laughs> it was like, uh, oh, no. can we not do this, Universal? I get, I mean, I I get the reference to it, I get it, but it's like, can we just not do that, please? Oh, Patrick, then you're really not gonna like a YouTube video I made recently called uh, <laughs> "Moaning Myrtle Catches You Shitting ASMR." <laughs> Oh god! <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh man! All right. So Palm uh, says that she can't fight Knuckle and shoot, but Kiloa and Gon can. So they have to win um, against the Knuckle and shoot, who also happen to be moral students, and they've also received their own condition. So only one group can enter the NGL. So either Team Knuckle or Team Shoot or Team Gone, Kilo, and Palm. And they only have one month um, to prepare for the fight. So it's life or death. I don't know. It's life or death. <laughs> it's life or death for Kite. I mean, it's just death for Kite. I was but... going to say, it's death or death for Kite. Yeah. It's it's like, how dead is he going to be? Is he going to be a rotting corpse, or is he going to still or have some bones? going to be bones? properly refrigerated in a space for 100 people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Actually, that's brought up later on, actually, so there's going to be explanation. Yeah. So, But anyways, uh, yeah, continue on. Sorry about that. Yeah. So we go see Shoot, who kind he looks like a, kind of like a not kind of like a stereotypical um anime delinquent like the bozuzuku so if i'm pronouncing it right bozuzuku style delinquent with like the hair like kuwabara and like the uniform right uh, or that's I, knuckle. Is that knuckle no shoot shoot is the one with the long oh my hair God. oh my bad either way there is someone who looks like that so Shoot worries about his wooden tokens. So he dissolves um, one of the tokens in his right palm and asks Knuckle what they should do. And then Knuckle has a Baki slash Cobra Kai moment. Um, he says that we should sh- strike first um, to win. We'll find them and we'll kill them. Oh, interesting. I was thinking it was going to be a, uh, you know, 
I was thinking it was going to be a Baki moment, more like, and because it was natural, it was good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the Baki moment in terms of uh, the main villain for that, where he basically, uh, he basically, like, threatens people. But I also don't watch Baki. I, wait, actually, do watch Baki, but don't like the villain, is all I'm going to say. And some voice actor trivia shoots uh, English dub voice actor is DC Douglas, who also voices Albert Wesker from Resident Evil and also Yoshikage Kira from Jojo Part 4. Um, Knuckles dub voice actor is Benjamin Diskin, who voices Number One from Kids Next Door, Jack in Beastars, Haida and Agatsuko and the best uh, Jojo, young Joseph Joestar. Appreciate that. I like those voice actors a lot, so it's gonna be cool hearing them more and more. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get. I would have never guessed that shoot would have been voiced by DC Douglas, as in they picked him for it. So I haven't listened to the English dub. Does he have a British voice in this? Because like those other characters mostly have English accents, right? Uh, no. Um, no, they're both American esque sounding. I thought Joe. Hmm. I'm pretty sure. Oh, oh, you mean in in here? Okay, yeah, yeah. Because I was yeah. like gonna say like yeah, in Kids Next Door and JoJo, he definitely does an English accent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he he does an American esque <laughs> accent. B stars and 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 Gretzko. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. yeah, honestly, I think he. I can't remember if he's British or not, and just does the accents, or he actually is British. I don't think he's, he's British based on how he sounds in those two other shows. <laughs> oh, he's an American voice actor. Okay, he just does an accent then. He's also in he he's also in a, a kindergarten cop, so I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, I was gonna say like no British person would sound like the dub voice of Joseph Joestar. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> All right, so Knuckles, his genius plan is to go around town with a megaphone and yell um, for the token holders to challenge him at midnight. Um, Kiloam passes by and is like, I wouldn't even go, even if he said where. (laughs) I just realized this is very when Kuwabara, Yusuke, and Botan were searching for Hiei. And, like, he was just trailing them, but, like, not actually going to contact them until they got the whistle. So, like, he just needed to get the fucking whistle, man. That's it. <laughs> That's true. Well, whistle, you know, and it's funny that you point them out because Knuckle and Kiloa are kind of like the Hunter Hunter version of Kuwabara and Hiei, at least design-wise. I, I was going to say, Leorio and Knuckle operate in the same space. And this is all part of my theory that Leorio plus Knuckle equals Kuwabara. Leorio plus Knuckle, but the aspect of looking like Basho equals Kuwabara. I definitely agree with that. Uh, Sitting at a cafe, Kilo tells Gon that Knuckle's only a decoy for Shoot, who's expected to observe from the shadow if anyone is suspicious. Uh, Knuckle or Shoot, um, neither one of them know their names. And since Knuckles super strong without, um, with no clear way to beat him, um, Hila says that they have to work on their fundamentals and learn more about his abilities. Gon is like, no, the goal isn't defeat Knuckle or shoot. It's to become stronger and save Kite. Um, I mean, they're both not wrong. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, I, I like mm-hmm. how it shows the clear distinction between what it is to be an assassin versus a martial artist. 
Yeah. He's the best for sure. around. No one's going to ever bring him down. Speaking of assassin martial artists, that will also continue to be a theme of this saga. That sounds like an anime assassin martial ar- assassin martial artist. Probably is in literal translation, but yeah, continue. <laughs> and so when they head back um, to their place, uh, they're greeted by Bisky, who punches Gon, as she does. <laughs> you know her, <laughs> and who is it? Me or do I? Or do you, do or do I? Do you guys really appreciate her drip? Yes, I thought it was a it's a cute new look for Bisky. Um, yeah, she went from kind of like a kind of like a gothic Lolita, but pink to more like a like a winter winter chic esque look. Yeah, and her hair was like shorter too, so I think she like cut it so the pigtails were even. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, she's looking good though. I like it. I like it. And so Palm asked Bisky. Um, for her specifically and that they when asked how they know each other palm just says that she used her ability which was interesting i was like oh what's her ability then oh yeah yeah you don't know what her ability is yet right because like it is it's Mm -mm. gonna be fucking weird when we talk about it because they changed it in like this is very much a like hey later we just had to pretend it wasn't a thing (laughs) (laughs) reminds me a lot of jojo stuff yeah, it's very much like a, we made something maybe a bit too powerful. We have to pretend this didn't happen. Yeah. So they, with Bisky here, um, Gon and Kilowa start their training. Um, Bisky warns them that Netaro is famous for his nasty nature. Um, and whenever he gives someone a one math, one month task, it's usually something that would take an entire year to prepare for. So being able to defeat knuckle and shoot in a week is pretty much impossible um but nothing's impossible for gone they insist that they need to be quick uh, in order to save kite gotta be quicker than that go back to the Khmer ant's nest and it turns out kite's body is not being stored in a um a freezer for a hundred people um it's instead being sealed in a nen block um that never p2 likes to stare at i think that's just an ice block because they mentioned that the chamber they're in is freezing cold oh so it's yeah so it's so it's an ice block it kind of reminded me especially how never p2 liked to stare at it very longingly but instead of like out of being love it was like for like the or the love of fighting it kind of reminded me of like how like snow white you know and how she's always in that like last chamber and people like stare at her and like oh i wish you were alive again there's a lot of pito x uh kite fanfic online which is real fucked up it's not as bad as crollo x kurapika but it's pretty bad they both sound pretty yeah bad. <laughs> no crollo x kurapika is way worse really? again we've we've talked about it being hitler and like a jewish woman wow that's uh yeah so problematic ships aside (laughs) yeah someone (laughs) put a note in this scene this scene was was the kind of on the kind of horny side (laughs) which was true i think it was not even if it wasn't like lust per se in like the sexual sense it was some sort of like longing and tension even if it was purely like 
I just want to be able to fight this person again because it made me feel alive for whatever reason. Like, I'm not here to kink shame P2. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm going to kink shame P2. I'll kink shame a lot of people. But uh, <laughs> it kind of reminded me of uh, of the whole uh, the whole um, Hisoka horniness. So I guess maybe maybe that's where Hisoka has been. He got eaten by an ant, and now, like, now he's really horny and now a cat. <laughs> if that makes sense. Uh, Gon and Kilua, um Bisky tells them that they need to train their run in order to maintain it for at least three hours. Right now, Gon can only um, Kilua can only do up to fifty-five minutes at his top condition, and Gon surrenders actually a few seconds before Kilua does, which isn't um, up to Bisky's standards. So she tells them that they have the train again. I got a question for you guys. Do you think that Kula could have actually only last that long? Or do you think he just needed to beat Gon for his ego? Because I think it's the latter. I think it's the latter, too. Yeah, I, I like could be the latter, too. <laughs> <laughs> Given later revelations, I think that's the case. Yeah, it's, like, it's like a competition thing, you know? It's like Goku and Vegeta, except they like each other. No, I was going to say, I've definitely been in situations where I've like had like a push-up contest with someone, and then I'm just like, okay, I, I guess I could do more, but I'm just going to fucking stop the moment the other person's done. Yeah, it's it's like, I got to show off. <laughs> no, being if it was I got to show off, I would keep going. It's just literally like, no, I just need to finish now and just fall over. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, I don't need to destroy them that badly, just a little bit. Again, not even that. It's straight up just like, a, I'm very tired. I could theoretically do more, but it is a pain in the ass to do more. And I think that's what he's doing. That's fair. And so that night we see Knuckle. He's waiting at the park um, for Gon and Kilua, but no one shows up. So instead, he just befriends a nearby puppy, which is cute. Because <laughs> it'd be pooping. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of weird. I don't yeah, know why they had that. Pick that's up kind of, after uh... your dogs, people. Also, don't let your dogs off leash. To be fair, also, it's not his dog. That's true. But yeah, it wasn't his dog. <laughs> all right. And so after all the training, Gon and Kila are exhausted. So Bisky uses Cookie in order to um, refresh, uh, refresh them. Palm, meanwhile, has no chill. And she's like, I'm going to kill you all if you don't win. If I can't get into the NGL. And everyone's like, all right, chill. <laughs> it's going to happen. Uh, to um, be fair. Yeah, I was going to say, like, business reaction is more like, is that a threat? Okay, whatever. She's like, <laughs> I mean, you probably shouldn't be doing that me. Maybe them, because that's who this is about. But she, I mean, they, I think there's also, like, no fear in her voice. She's just like, yeah, whatever. Cool. She woke up and chose violence. Visky was less... Yeah, Visky was not really worried about it. I think Visky could care less about what Palm thinks. It's like, whatever, just don't yell at me. <laughs> I'm more focused on these two right here. Yeah, I think she's just like, oh, yeah, you didn't see Greed Island. Oh, yeah, don't worry. She didn't get to see the fun stuff. Yeah. She's a part skipper. Um, Yes. So Gon reassures Palm that we got this. <laughs> believe it or Date Bayo whatever he says in the, oh, yeah. in the original <laughs> Japanese <laughs> uh, and then this makes Palm's heart go doki doki really just failing the single person Bechdel test 
<laughs> yeah. Wait. So does does her heart go Doki Doki Panic or is it Doki Doki Literature Club? Uh, I think it's more like her heart goes Super Mario USA. It's very weird. Yeah, that's, that's I, weird. That's weird. <laughs> I think it could steer to Doki Doki Literature Club down the line, but I mean, realistically, it's Doki Doki Literature Club. Yeah. <laughs> For real. Oh man. And so they ask like what the plan should be for Netter's what Netter's team will do for the next month. And Palm says that they're likely to scout out the enemy's strength and weaken um their forces. Um and Netero thinks that the king will be born in about two months' time at the earliest. We see Netro, who is checking out the nest uh, from far away using the telescope, and he spots Neverpitsu and is not sure if if they're stronger than he is or not. Uh, Moral and Nove doubt. I included the um, it, mm-hmm. I included the telescope thing because he's doing a Nen telescope, which is never elaborated on, but he clearly changes level oh. of focus by like doing different things with his hand. Is that his Nen ability telescope? I do not think it is, but I'm wondering if it's just like, I'm wondering if they're basically doing the same thing where like, you know how heat waves form in Arizona when it's really hot and it distorts like light. I wonder if it's just like, Hey, the more Nen you put into an area, you can distort light to focus it. I did not know that. That's maybe that might be the case. That's interesting. I mean, could they, I mean, they could probably create tech that's like Nen sensitive and not going to enhance like whatever features without being like specific to Nen abilities. Yeah, like, I'm saying this is kind of like, I think this is just like, hey, if you have really good control over Aura, you could just focus into a lens, basically. And so, Nov and Moral, um, they don't, they doubt P2's strength, um, since Netero is considered one of the strongest, if not the strongest, Nen user. Um, Netero disagrees, but Nov is pretty adamant that Netero's the best. Um, Netro doesn't want to fight a full-on fight with the ants and that their target should only be the queen. Um, Nov suggests exterminating the ants silently one by one um, and opens a portal beneath him and takes out something for Morel. Um, Morel reveals it to be a giant smoking pipe which he blows and from it comes tiny little smoke bunnies and he sends off um the bunnies to learn about the enemy's numbers so (laughs) it's an interesting ability (laughs) it's like dust bunnies except nen yeah (laughs) and so it's it's less subtle than something i think that they would use because i don't know if it's like maybe because enough for p2 is very has a strong Nen abilities, but she's able to sense the smoke bunnies and is immediately alerted by them. Uh, she wants to go check it out, um, but is told to wait by a mysterious figure, and who happens to be I'm probably gonna mess up the pronunciation. Shia, Shia Poof. How do you guys pronounce it? That's correct. Really, Shia Lapoof. Yeah, it's it's correct. I'm, so I'm gonna do a piece on the origin of the names of all the Chimera ants uh, next, probably next time. Um, but I can tell you for sure that the first half is definitely shy, and the second half is definitely poof. All right. Well, I I think uh, I think once we get more more shy shy la poof, 
uh, oriented episodes. Just... I think I'm going to make a Shia LaBeouf poof Photoshop. Oh I mean, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> I know. It's going to be funny. <laughs> but I already did the, li- the You Are Light thing, so that's in the Discord chat if you guys want to see that. I'm excited. I'm really, <laughs> really excited. <laughs> oh, have fun uh, pronouncing oh, this next one. Oh, God. So he's one of the Queen's Royal Guards who's recently hatched. Um, he tells Neverpitu that Menthu... Oh, God. Okay. Men Thuthu Yop will awaken soon as well. I got a fun story for you. It's not bad, and that is the correct thing as it is translated now, but they did an English dub thing that is actually more accurate to the original manga, which is Montu, like Montu rather than Menthu. And so really? I don't know how this change oh. happened. And I can tell you on authority, not only is the Kana Mentu, uh, Montu, but the mm-hmm. original name it's derived from is also Montu. So I have no idea how this bad translation happened. Montu Pitu. <laughs> So well, no, uh, it's Yopi, Yopi. Well, we'll we'll get into it. But Yopi is a character in something, and Montu is a ancient Egyptian god. We'll get into it. Uh, Some JoJo shit. Okay. And so, Pitu realizes that she actually didn't say anything out loud. So Shia LaPoof and all this kind of got stuck in my head. Shia, <laughs> just call him Shia LaPoof uh, from that one. <laughs> <laughs> Shia who re- is able to read their thoughts. Um, how does it work? Does it ever come up again? We don't know. Those are the big questions. Okay, so we had a discussion about this beforehand where I was wondering why do they never refer to this again? And Patrick pointed out like, oh, maybe they're just reading the other ants' minds. And I was like, oh, that's not it. And then he pointed out like, yo, what if because they're all telepathic, but they need to, and then I pointed out, but they all need to intend it. But then he basically said, what if Shaipoof can just read the telepathy of the ants and that's why he can always read ants' minds but never uses it against a human opponent. And I'm like, oh, that's actually probably the case. So probably he's able to read all the ants' minds. Spoilers, he fights humans at one point, but that's not really spoilers going to happen. No way. Oh my god. <laughs> so P2 is still deciding on what kind of power um, they want to develop, and they decide that they want to be able to quote-unquote fix Kite um, so that they can fight again. And that's the end of the episode. Alrighty, I don't think there's any deaths, right, in this one? Uh, I can't remember um, if there's any deaths or not. Nah, I don't think there are. All right, so let's go into the manga notes then. So uh, Joe pointed this out. Crollo Can- canonically reads Bobobo on the cover of 201. Yeah, so Crollo is a fan of Bobobo, Bobobo, uh, Bobobo, Bobobo, and this is like canon is on the cover of chapter 201. Fair. I'm gl- Shonen Jump is now canon. So uh, the scene with, with Nefer Pitu, Pitu talking about their horny fight with Kite is put before the nickel and shoot being introduced in the manga, rather than after introducing Biscuit in the anime. So they changed up that that shot a lot, probably just for consistency and just for moving the story a little bit faster forward. So I, I want to clarify something. There's a correction here that says there. I think it's his. Yeah, if I remember correctly, we looked this up, and Pito, while presenting female, is canonically considers themselves male. Okay, so I'll, I'll, I'll change their pronouns. And uses then. male pronouns. Okay, just wanted to make sure. Uh, I, I wasn't sure, so I put there. So it's not... Because originally I put she... For, like a gender neutral thing? It is not gender neutral. I mean, I, we can look this up, but if I remember correctly, Pito is canonically male-gendered. 
Okay. I gotcha. Though they obviously present in a way that we would consider very femme. Yeah, okay. very feminine, but I just I want to make sure. I, I honestly forgot, so I just put them. I, I will verify this real quick, but continue the notes. We gotcha. All right, so we're back to Tagashi uh, doodling on the page again. So it's just like they cease and this thing and just some really not so great uh, Neferpitu art. And then uh, and then the next panel is this. I don't even know what this is. This is like some JoJo shit where I don't even know. Like, do you, do you, Can you guys even decipher what the drawing was supposed to be? On that panel below, like oh, it's it's more clear in the redraw, but like the idea is just like it's the manifestation of Pito's like malice and like ill intent turning into like a evil looking face. Fair, yeah, because that just looked like the, a mess of doodling. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, moving down, uh, I they they have a pretty different design on Knuckle that I'm not a big fan of. I don't think I like this interpretation of Knuckles in the manga. Yeah, and th- and then moving down, uh, I'm a charging ma nen. <laughs> so a very uh, it's very and I don't know why they went with that look, but uh, hopefully he wasn't referencing that. I doubt it. This, this came out in two thousand three, so that probably is not the case. But definitely an unfortunate coincidence. And then now we're back to more doodling of Tagashi. He has knuckles going through the crowd and everyone being a rough draft, essentially. And yes, it was probably cleaned up in the in the manga, but honestly, I'd rather just have like have like something more like less like humanized form, like a an assumption instead of that, like being rough doodles straight up. And then uh, and then in the, in the uh, anime, Bisky's looking at an adult esque magazine or like a, a like a I guess a fashion <laughs> magazine, but in the manga, she's it's obviously she's looking at porn. In the in the manga, it's pretty deadly obvious. And I left the hand in because it was kind of weird to have that after that panel. So, yeah. And then they showed the dog shit in the uh, the mo- the the manga versus the anime when that dog was shitting. Again, don't know why they had to draw that. Probably could have left that out, but whatever. Uh, hey guys, I looked up the gender thing. It turns out there is so much evidence in many different directions all of which relies on different levels of canonicity and also has more to do with non-exclusive gendered pronouns, such as pronouns that are usually male or usually female, that honestly, until a later date, use what you want. But we're, I mean, because Pito never states a preference. Um, mm-hmm. We should do a special on this because it found out, I found out that a ton of published material is totally inconsistent, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, a ton of published material that rules one way or the other rules the opposite way of other official published material, and then pronouns that are used are totally in conflict with other things that other people say. So some yeah. of them uses he, some of them uses she, some of them uses they? No, less, more weird than that. It's more like some of them use something that is most often used by men but can be used by young women. Wow, that actually is confusing. Oh. Uh, yes, and not only that, but, like, they point out that, like, the way that Pito is drawn in the anime is many times more feminine by virtue of like hip to waist ratio and bus size versus in the manga where they're flat the entire time. Fair enough. All right. So uh, from here on out to, to prevent misgendering Pito, I'm just going to refer to them as a, they until further notice, unless specified otherwise, or should I, I mean, if, if you know better, please hit hit us up. But like, I, I would say we should do a full research piece on this because 
there is so much different information saying completely different things that I'm seeing. Yeah. And, and like all of it cited, all of it cited. So, so there's a chance that Togashi like left it ambiguous for the sake of ambiguous. Yeah. I mean, sometimes he does that. And and I'll honestly, their ants, so we don't know what their gender dimorphism is in comparison to our human, the human culture. Yeah. I was going to say, so ants were very aware of their sexual dimorphism, but like, you know, gender presentation is very different. So that's like another open question. Yeah, that's sort of more of the, more of a, in line with what I meant because some of them do identify and as humans per se, like some of them uh, the way they act at least, but are yeah. totally ants. So, like I said, it's an interesting discussion to have, and I'd love to have that sometime. Maybe we can have some we can have some have some people on and talk about that. That'd be interesting for sure. I'd be curious. Yeah, I I'd be curious to have someone who one you know kind of like looks into translation stuff regarding gender regularly and two do our some of our own research and just have them on and talk with them i'd be down for sure all right uh i think that's it from for me for the manga notes no death so skip that um wait did I you s- mention the porn mag yeah i did you missed it I was, yeah. I was oh saying, yeah sorry i said, sorry. I said bis- biscuits i was looking at porn and the manga versus in the thing when she's looking at a fashion i say was it a fashion magazine would be the closest thing in the in the anime She's like looking at like in the anime. She's like basically looking at the equivalent of like um, what's like something that's she's looking at like fucking swimsuit edition of Sports Illustrated. While in the manga, she's just watching. She's just looking at porn. Yeah, it's straight up porn in, in the in the manga in the manga. So uh, that's about it for the the manga notes. Uh, what do you guys think of these episodes? Or do you want to say something, Joe? I would say rate that porn. (laughs) Uh, Ten out of ten. uh, No, one out of ten. Not enough. uh, Not enough furry stuff. Anyways, moving on now. Uh, Honestly, the thing she's looking at looks a lot like the depiction of Hisoka from like the nude scene, and just like someone that looks suspiciously like Cookie reaching over them onto like their crotch. Because like, oh yeah. For to clarify, (laughs) uh, it is a woman draped over the shoulder of a man holding their dick. Yeah, and the character looks she, auspiciously her, like she wrote her Hisoka. own disonji to Jonji, and like oh god, is reading it herself. <laughs> Visky is a multitasking career woman. <laughs> yeah, she's like, hey, what if she's like, uh, you know, similarly to how Kakashi is like descended from Master Roshi in the perviness, so is she. They're they're siblings. Yikes. <laughs> And it makes me wonder if she writes if she writes friend fiction for all her all her friends. <laughs> oh, <no>. Anyways, <laughs> do you think she ships gone and kill kill? I mean, yes, she does. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess she does technically. Yeah, but did she did she draw anything of it? Is the big no question. no? She's not weird like that. That's that's I mom's mean, job. I mean, she it looks like she drew that. So I mean, I'm just I'm just curious. Hey, maybe it's just a really big coincidence. Right, <laughs> but it also could be a big coincidence. What did you guys think of these episodes? I really like how it's introducing some very heavy themes. Like the fact I, I highlighted that thing that Kite said because it's not obvious right now, but it is very clear later that this arc is about the idea of a clash between civilizations and like what results from that and like what happens in war 
and like what it means when two groups consider themselves apex predators because like you know obviously the chimera ants are apex predators and the hunters literally by calling themselves hunters are apex predators and what happens in that interaction because you cannot have two apex predators and what happens to the defeated in that situation and like you know like what do they become like what does it mean to serve others by virtue of having to quote unquote live by the customs and laws by of another culture and so I think it's fascinating that it set it up this early and that I didn't notice the first time I read through it. It's it's like a lion fighting a bear. It's going to be very interesting. Hmm. Well, wait till you get to the post-anime uh, part of Hunter x Hunter and you might see that. Ooh, I like that. But yeah, overall, very interesting. I like these episodes because not only does it show a very great fight and a very shocking scene, it also shows a bunch of really good int- characters being introduced within a two-episode thing because we got... We got Nov, we got a uh, smoke dude, we got uh, Morel, yeah, Mor- yeah, Mor- smoke dude, and uh, yeah, Morel and Kov. Got Knuckle, got Shoot, got got uh, uh, Cookie, the the Nen thing. You got uh, Biscuit reintroduced, and they have Palm, of course. So that's like seven characters in like a two episode span. So Sarah, being like, I'm assuming you still haven't spoiled yourself for later. What do you think of these new characters? Uh, I think I'm trying to think of like how their role will play within the episodes. So it's interesting that they're pretty introduced. What I would think is we're pretty much in the almost approaching the climax of the arc. It feels like that they're just introducing these characters now. So either one, they're going to be cannon, cannon fodder, or two, they're going to play an important role. Um, at least <laughs> fighting What if I told you this is nowhere near the, <laughs> the climax really? of this arc? Uh, what if yeah, I told you nowhere oh, we're man. nowhere near the beginning of this arc? <laughs> yeah, we're not anywhere close really? to of even being... Oh my god, what? this arc feels no. like it's, it's so long already. Oh my god. Ugh. What if I told you this arc is much longer than the Dark Tournament? Really? Oh my god. Honestly, this part is probably... I was thinking about the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, we're about halfway through it. Then I realized, oh, wait, there's so much stuff before that. Never mind. We're not even close to being even partly halfway to it. Yeah, straight up. um, I'll I'll put it this way. While the second half of this takes place in way less time, it is just as many episodes, but it happens in like the blink of an eye in human time. Yeah, but it's it's Uh, mega long. So in real time, it's very short, but the actual episodes it'll take interesting i mean i'm i'm for it oh it's the best it's like the tournament of power almost oh it no yeah it's Uh, exactly like the tournament of power where it's like hey all these fights were happening simultaneously and then like you can watch a video where they put everything canonically into the the simultaneity it had and you just see like oh my god this is how it all could have actually happened at the same time it's interesting we should actually honestly we should do a review of that after we're done with the show, just the just that cool episode, like let's watch that and see how we feel about it and if it like actually represented that and our the perspective after we watched it. Yeah, it's uh, it's intense. It's really good though. Oh but man, yeah. Like I said, I honestly like I forgot how long this was because I honestly thought we were at the halfway mark, but I was like, oh wait, there's the entirety mm-hmm. of uh, them getting to where they need to go. And all the fights in between that, and also that part, and it's like, oh my god, this actually is going to be long. 
Yeah, so I love this saga. It is my favorite one, but the fact that the anime thought it was a good idea to add stuff to what is already very long in the manga is like the biggest fucking mistake. We're gonna have a lot of manga manga oh. manga differences, aren't we? Not not a lot of differences so much as like something in the manga that was said to just happen off screen is just animated here. Gonna be a lot of notes. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, then. But I'm excited. That does make me appreciate these episodes um, a lot now that I'm given the context of like how long this arc is. Because if I had thought that it was the halfway point, I think having an episode that kind of put a lull in the action would have felt off to me because it would have killed the momentum. But knowing that we're in the long haul, I appreciate these episodes even more beyond just being like good character building ones and introducing new characters because it's a good break from like the intensity and the death. <laughs> well, at least like the on-screen violent sure. deaths that we were from the past few episodes. Like Kite's death definitely, yeah. definitely had an impact, but I felt a little less like... Like, I felt a little less traumatized by it, in a sense. Like, in a different way compared to, like, seeing him die off screen versus seeing, like, a violent death. Like, I feel like emotionally it hits more, like, in in the feelings, but not so much in, like, the little, like, um, lizard brain that's, like, afraid of stuff. Like, Ponzu's death, I was like, no! I hate everything. Well, now after seeing Kite's, uh, Kite's like just head laying on <laughs> Pizu's lap, I was like, oh no, crying. Like, this is the worst. Two, two different types of like bad feelings, if that makes sense. <laughs> for sure. Oh man, I'm just realizing how much still has to happen for you to even get to a point where it's just like oh this is the way to the end of this i'm just like remembering the amount of characters who haven't even been introduced yeah. yet Th- there's I'm just so like holy many. shit like there's so like... much crap like it's gonna you're gonna be like how is this not over yet like do i, I think need we're like a like, chart what? in order to keep yeah, yes. track of like yes. who everyone Actually, is <laughs> oh, i watched man. it three times and i still i still think i need a chart once we get to this part or it actually takes like two times because i haven't watched it again yet I, I just, wait, yo, Sarah, could you cover your ears real quick? Like, for 10 seconds? I'll take that as a yes. Um, But, yo, we have an entire two countries to go through. <laughs> Fuck. This is, is going to be a, not a nightmare, like the opposite of nightmare. It's going to be a, a dream. dream. It'll be a dream, maybe. But, no, um, I don't know. I think it's just insane how many... Like, how much we have left. Like, I don't even think we're even at 30% or 40%. Like, wait, you... Sarah, are you, you're, you're still have your ears covered? It... Okay, I guess she does. Someone messaged her when it's, it's clear, but long, long story short, it reaches the halfway point when they break into the palace. Oh, fuck. Wow. Of the entirety of the arc, like, yes. this arc. Oh, like, as in the whole Chimera Ant thing, that's, that's halfway. Yes. Oh my god. I can't I, I didn't even realize that. I it felt shorter for to me for some reason. I mean it's I, riveting TV, but like covering it the way we're recovering where we're like doing deep reads over a long time, it's gonna be a while. What do you say? 2023, 24? I mean I could actually chart this out at some point if we need to, but uh yeah, we'll talk about it later. It's it's gonna be a while. Okay, I'm gonna message her saying she can come back. 
I well, just there. oh okay. This is gonna be insanely long. Oh my god, Tommy, cut out that, t- cut out the yawn. <laughs> Tommy, add in the yawn. Keep it in. <laughs> Tommy, replace everything Patrick does with yawns. You just have every line of dialogue my yawn, but it's pitch match to what I said originally. Oh god, what a nightmare. Uh, Hannah, do you have any thoughts before uh, we finish up for today? Yeah, so... Is it okay I if think... I join again? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. We messaged you. Just give me, like, a thumbs up or something. All right. Oh, yeah, I forgot you had... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I was like, ah. All right. All right, so my thoughts with the episodes. I thought they were both really good. I think definitely um, the, epi- the first episode with Kite's death was, like, very, very like emotional damage for me so and then I think with the second one I think it was a good like I guess shift in the arc because you know like this arc has like three basically has three or four different mini arcs within it so this is the first good shift into I guess like the um I guess the I guess the not the practice but the training part of the arc so not to say that our heroes have downtime because they don't because they're trying to you know um build their skill in order to fight the bad guys but it it i don't feel as stressed out as i did in the very beginning of the arc because you know that's when the commit ants were starting to become more sentient and more dangerous and you could just see them racking up human bodies left and right so but it is also very like the calm before the storm so and i know after this is all gonna be all storms all tsunamis and just a lot of emotional trauma (laughs) oh my god yep all storms all tsunamis no breaks (laughs) Yeah, it's gonna be interesting for sure, and definitely an emotional mm-hmm. roller coaster. Yeah, sounds good. Um, with that, I'll take us out. Let me pull up my notes. I fucking accidentally misplaced it. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for listening to the Spirit Hunters. Please hit us up with questions, requests, or just to chat at our Facebook or Twitter at Spirit Hunter Pod. Heads up, check us out at Patreon.com/SpiritHunterPod and join our patron-only Discord where we'll be discussing the shit out of Hunter, Yu and much more. Speaking of the Discord, if you want in but don't have the funds. You can help us by giving us a written review on Apple Podcasts or more recently, actually, now you can rate things on Spotify. So those of you who listen on Spotify, and I know there's a good number of you, actually, uh, please consider rating us and we can get you in the Discord. Uh, Send us the link, your Discord username, and enough evidence to connect them both, and we got you. Each review gets a service to tens or hundreds more people. Anyways, uh, finally, today's intro and outro themes were made by Rifty Beat and Lightest Daleon, respectively. Check them uh, both out on YouTube. Also, big shout out to our editor, Tommy. Thanks to him, the rest of the crew can focus more on doing research and talking to Gashi. See y'all on the other side. Later. Bye. Cool. Bye. Oh, (laughs) motherfucker. Tommy, keep this in, I guess. And then add Patrick yawning at the end. All of this is optional. Please don't actually do this if it's going to be a problem, man. It's a joke. Sort of. Leave us in, but but base boosted. Oh my god.